Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hey, 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 Emily. How are you today? Hola, Michelle. I'm good. Thank you. I am, I am, you know, I'm going straight from coffee to wine for this conversation. So I'm, um, I would say I'm doing spectacular today. I still have that coffee buzz and pretty soon that's going to change to a wine buzz. So there you go. The sacrifices you make just for our (laughs) podcast. I mean, you know, really, you should be on like the, you should get a Nobel Peace Prize for that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Right. Well, at least yeah. a piece for me. So, um, right. yeah, no, right. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm excited about, uh, the guests that we have, uh, today and, uh, which is part of the reason why, you know, we're recording at a different hour, which is why I'm transitioning from coffee to wine so quickly, but, yes. uh, we'll definitely get in a little bit more about our guest coming up, but I want to hear about you and how you're doing. You know, I'm doing okay. I have to uh, um, say that, uh, you know, like the first week of the social distancing, I was all like, sure, this is great. I can, you know, I can stay home and do this kind of stuff. And now that, you know, we're in the middle of the third week, um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of struggling some more, you know, yeah. trying to stay positive, trying to, um, and it could be that it's so hot outside. I mean, it's like 80 degrees today in St. Louis mm-hmm. in early April. I'm yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to the thunderstorms that are happening later tonight to bring that temperature down because I refuse to turn the air conditioning on at uh, at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have to give a shout out to my my youngest child, um, and uh, because I got a splinter in the ball of my foot a couple Ooh. days ago. And I was trying to get it out myself, and I couldn't. I like I couldn't turn my foot, you know, enough oh, sure. to like, get a good angle at it because it was the ball of the ball of my right foot. And then um, I, you know, wore a band aid on it, and every time I stepped, it was like hurt even more. And I told my yes, my son William, I'm like, please, or I asked him, I was like, please, can you get the splinter out, please? Aww. And he worked for like probably an hour oh, using the tweezers and and trying to get because it, it had gotten even deeper because I walked on yeah, my shirt for a couple yeah. of days. And I was thinking about that fable, right? Was it the lion with the splinter? Oh yeah. In their toe or something like that. And he finally got it out. And I swear to you, it was um it was a quarter of an inch long. Oh my God. Oh my a God. Longer than that. Like a third of an inch long. Wow. And I my foot feels amazing today. Oh and that's I just good. And then I wonder like what if I what if he weren't here? What would I do? Where would I have yeah. gone? Yeah. You know, well, would you have gotten the splinter out of my foot? <laughs> I love you, Michelle, but I don't that's a new level of love for sure. But right. you know, I, <laughs> well, I if it didn't come out, I'd probably end up dying from we, it, right? I'd I'd have to 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 uh, pull in the social distancing clause, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I mean, if I think about that, it's like what yeah. am I gonna do? So now I'm just wearing my my tennis shoes all around my house. I'm not, you know, until I can mm-hmm. get all the floors and everything redone, I'm just not even gonna risk because I had socks on when the splinter came. But boy, you know, it kind of makes you think about what it's like to be alone. Right. Yeah, I know. know? 
That's and, true. I uh, think about that every time I have to zip up the back of my dress or something like that, that I can't quite reach. I'm like, ah, you know, so many clothes I wouldn't be able to wear. I'd only be halfway wearing them if I didn't have a partner at home. So. Have you, I've also like uh, mastered the art of scratching my back on the side of a, of a door jam, you know, or, or if I've been out walking and my back starts to scratch, I'll get up yes. like, the, like in a jungle book up against a tree, you know? You know, I just found from childhood, um, since I've been cleaning out storage unit, I just found my Mickey Mouse back scratcher from Disney World that like I got when I was four years old. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, know. I might need that. You know, I'll share it with you. I will. I won't take out your splinters in your foot, but I will share Mickey Mouse. Yeah. You'll let me die from the splinter in my foot, you know, because I'm sure, I'm sure like urgent care and then be like, go away. It's like, you have a splinter in your foot. I'm like, yeah, but it is. (laughs) This is not an emergency. (laughs) Eventually. So, so tell me a little bit about what you have selected to partake in beverage wise for this conversation. Because it is rather early in the day, I mm-hmm. didn't want to drink a whole lot because I have things to do later. So I right. grabbed a bottle or I've been drinking on this. I've been drinking on this bottle and it is a Chateau Suau. It's a Bordeaux Rosé. Bordeaux mm, Rosé. Bordeaux, yeah. Bordeaux, mm. Bordeaux Rosé. It's a Lovely. Pretty color. Yeah. It's a salmon color. It's mm-hmm. a little um, a little sweeter than the... Let me put that back and come back to the microphone. I don't want to drive our audio engineer crazy with all of my moving around. <laughs> um, but it's a, oh. and I just wanted to pour like it's a little tiny. A little yeah. Tiny well, it looks lovely. How and what's yeah. it? How's it taste? Oh, it's nice. I mean, if I'm gonna start drinking, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. It's nonetheless. Nice. It's um light. It's refreshing. It's um. Oh, what, what do they say on the, on, on the notes of it? What do you say on the notes of it? That's what's more important. If it were a panty, what kind of panty would it be? Well, it would be a, a, a nice peach colored salmon colored panty, of course. Um, with, uh, I see it with like little, little rosettes on the side, just, you know, stretchy, satiny, um, that I think any, any age woman would be comfortable wearing. It doesn't, it wouldn't be, wouldn't look odd on an older woman nor a younger woman, you know. Yeah. Okay. That's where I am on it. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. And it's oh, sorry. It is. Um, it's a made from a hundred percent Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, very nice. I um, I selected a. Sp- I selected a Spanish wine today since yeah, our your guest is, speaks Spanish natively, um, though not from Spain. She's from El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to do something that, you know, would pay homage to that. So I've got this wine. It's called Ro- Romanico, <laughs> and it's from Toro, Spain. I got this, you know, from the wine merchant. It is uh, on sale right now for $13.99. And um, definitely not, you know, a wine that's maybe ideal for warm weather. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's got dark fruit, you know. It's, no. <laughs> it's black fruits, uh, blackberry, plum, lots of oak, vanilla, kind of leather, kind of, you know, aromatics and flavors on the palate. You know, um, lots of earth, cocoa kind of that mushroomy kind of thing. So um, 
lovely for sure. And maybe not a bad transition since I just came from espresso, uh, but, uh, you know, delicious. But um, maybe save it for, you know, an evening, a dinner, <laughs> not not 11 o'clock, you know. <laughs> right, right. Right. I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. I think the rosé I'm drinking could be an 11 o'clock drink. I think it'd be a great uh, lunchtime uh, drink as well as transitioning into the afternoon. Um, I, and I, I went totally with understand rosé because it is so hot. I know we're complaining. And it's I not know. Even so let me tell you about El let, Salvador. Let me tell um, our <laughs> listeners about our guest. Today. Our guest is yeah. Lula Mena. Bring our guest um, on She in. is, if you remember from an earlier episode that we just released a few weeks ago, um, when I we had Mary on the show, we talked about our visit to El Salvador and meeting these amazing people in the apparel industry. Lula is the artist who has an extraordinary boutique that um, features uh, the work of artisans in uh, in the form of apparel, and you know proceeds go back to the families and help these women thrive economically. It's phenomenal. So not only is Lula's vision beautiful, her store is inspiring. And as soon as I was there, I just knew like, we've got to have Lula on the show. So I'm really excited, Michelle, to introduce you to Lula Meda. I I was so thrilled to come across the work that she's doing upon my recent visit to El Salvador. Um, In fact, you might remember we talked about that uh, visit just a few weeks ago on a previous episode, and I'm really excited to um, introduce to our listeners this amazing woman who has um, taken an artistic vision and turned it into uh, a company that helps to employ uh, uh, other artists to make wearable goods, um, and uh, those the the profits that are generated from the sales of these goods go to really help uh, these women thrive economically on their own. And just it's it's beautiful in multiple ways. Um, the impact to the lives of women in El Salvador, as well as just the beauty that uh, her her. Uh, company creates for the rest of the world to enjoy. It's just lovely. So welcome, Lula. I'm so glad you can join us today. Thank you so much, Emily. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Thank you, Michelle, also for having me. And thank you. Hi. Thank you for that beautiful Hi, introduction. Good to see you. Oh, well, it's not as as eloquent as I would like it to be because I've, I've been enamored with your business ever since um, we were uh, introduced to it uh, upon our very last day in El Salvador. And I had wished that I had had the opportunity to discover you earlier in the trip so that I could revisit it from, you know, time to time. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's the, the aesthetic is extraordinary. The, the work is just absolutely inspiring. And so it's just, uh, I'm excited to introduce, uh, our listeners, not only to the concept that you've created, but also just learn a little bit more about what took you down this path and, and transition from going from being an artist to someone who has your own fashion line as well as like changing the lives of other women. It's such a thing that you're doing. So can you tell us a little bit about when you realized you were an artist and how you made that leap into fashion? 
Yes, of course. Uh, it actually, uh, everything began when I was re really little, you know, how we have different people who touch our lives in different ways. And in my case, it was my grandmother. Uh, she gave me the first set of watercolors. And since that day, I, I found like a new way of expression. And uh, anytime that I paint, uh, I connect with myself somehow very deep. So it's, it's something really beautiful for me to be able to express my feelings or what, what was in my head through an art piece. And since, since I was young, I, I noticed that was like a really important, art was a, a really important uh, part of my, my life. And I decided uh, to study design, artisanal design when I was, when it was my time to go to university. Imagine it was, at that time, it was not like uh, more common to, to go to school to study artisanal design. Mm -hmm. So my, my parents were always asking me, oh, uh, what are you studying? Can you explain me that? <laughs> uh, what are you going to work in? I remember my mom was, was always worrying, asking, worried, asking me, uh, are you going to do some clay pots <laughs> as a living? You know, and I was like super <laughs> frustrated at that time because uh, even though I was enjoying everything that I was learning, I didn't knew uh, what I was going to do with it. Right. Yeah, it you was, just had a calling for it. Mm -hmm, yeah, I was just super happy uh, learning all the 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 techniques and but the turning point was really when when I visited that uh, the first community community of artisans and and was this like while you were studying that you visited yes. them okay it was part of the of of a class of a of the curriculum and it really really shocked me how these people who has been like the guardians of this Asian traditions, beautifully made, like really art pieces, you know, like they, they, they carry this, like this secret of doing the things that they have done for generations from mother to mother, to mother, to mother, like no end. It, it's really beautiful. And, and I felt in love with all the craftsmanship and, and how an object can tell you so much about the culture and the history of a place. And in that moment, I realized what was my, what I was going to do uh, with, with the design, with my design. I decided in that moment to, to help make the, this art or this, hand, this craftsmanship visible and to honor that craftsmanship um, applying like design to make them like um, fit in the contemporary world, and uh, I, I realized like that symbiosis that that exists uh, between an artist and, and a designer. You know, it's like uh, the the artisan with with this beautiful technique that I will be no matter what, I will never be able to do it that way. But, and the designer with the vision of the world and, uh, 
and the design per se, you know, and, and how both can be uh, beneficial for each other. Mm-hmm. So Lula, do you uh, kind of see yourself as a bridge between taking the traditional um, uh, ways of doing things and then like making making art or making jewelry or making uh, uh, fabric to, to to like a bridge from the traditional to the contemporary like you you are kind of a path for for these artisans to get those works or or it's like to show to them uh, newer applications of the of the yes, traditional uh, way of doing I things. see myself like as an instrument more than a, a bridge, but you can, <laughs> you can call it a bridge also. Then a bridge. Uh, okay. It's like, yes, it's kind of like connecting the dots and uh, complementing uh, each other. You know, uh, I develop like very uh, like horizontal projects, not vertical. So I, my approach to them is like really honest and uh, I try to honor all that craftsmanship uh, but sadly, in our country, has been disappearing all the traditional techniques because of the war. We had war for a civil war for more than twelve years here, and um, it, it disappeared. All the craftsmanship is dying with with the with the artisans, with the old uh, people who know the traditional techniques. So for me, it's also uh, very important not just to be the bridge, but to to contribute with my work to preserve these traditions. And the way that we do this is teaching the new generations or the new group of women that I'm working with their traditional techniques. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was, uh, you know, doing some little research as much as I could, you know, and um, not as much as I could, but... Uh, on, on El Salvador, and you're coming up next year on 20 years since the war. No, yes. 30 years, right? It ended in 1991, right? That was, okay, so next year will be 30 years since then. What have you seen like the biggest change in those in that 30 years? I mean, you were a younger person then, um, you know, living under the the fear of death and seeing people be murdered and, and and trying to understand what was happening and why this was happening. But in those 30 years, what's been the biggest um, excitement for you, for your country? and Or a big excitement, because I'm sure there's many <laughs> the than just one. The biggest excitement for me, well, there are several, but uh, the first thing was uh, being able to not to see war as a normal way of living. Because when you grew up during the war, you you think yeah. in a way it's normal to hear bombs or to see people that in on the streets, and that's not normal. And it has, it should not be. So, and something that I really really liked about El Salvador and about the people here is is that is 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 the people we are so it's so beautiful to see the people always with with a smile and with the willing to to go forward no no mm-hmm. matter what you know is that's that's really amazing because we have been through so much uh, El Salvador in the history of El Salvador mm-hmm. we have been through so much but the people is always like really like resilient uh, 
resilient, but also they they all they are always in in a position that they they are always trying to help or give you anything that they have. And if mm. if they if you go and you have been here, Emily in El Salvador, mm-hmm. that I I you're so right in my brief experience that was one of the things that touched me the most was um every person that i talked to that had some measure of success felt a great amount of social responsibility to give back um to give back to their community to their employees to their family to their friends in a way that it goes way beyond anything I've ever seen. And there is this genuine love for one another, which I'd love to talk to you about this a little bit more because, you know, here in the United States, we're flooded with different ideas about what the reality is for El Salvadorians. But having gone there, my, my, I was completely, my idea was completely transformed and I'd love to learn a little bit more about like, what is life like for, um, you know, a woman in El Salvador? Like what's the opportunity like, and just like help us understand culturally a little bit more about the dynamics at play. You've painted it really well by sharing that it's giving and loving, but I'd, yeah, I'd love to learn more from you on this. Uh, I will talk ab- uh, about the women that I work with, for example, to be like specific and to talk from a very personal uh, experience. Um, the opportunities for the women that I work with are like non-existent where, where they are. I work with communities of women who live in at-risk areas in the rural community of El Salvador. I, what I do is I bring them job. I, I bring them an opportunity to, and I teach them how to use the raw materials that they have around, like the seeds, or if they don't have any natural materials, they, I teach them how to, to reuse materials, like waste materials from companies like rubber or leather leftovers or uh, the wire, the copper wire that we use for our copper collection. Uh, but uh, it, it this is uh, we we, de- we we develop everything under five principles, and the first one is handmade because it's for me it's important that the rescue of the traditional techniques, I, as I was telling you before. But also, my focus is to empower women, mm-hmm. and I do this because when I became a mother, uh, it was so. For me, it was the it, it's the most beautiful thing that happened to me in my life to become a mother. Is I never felt that huge love for someone before. It it, it was it's exploded my heart and it also makes me super aware the importance of of a mother to be with the with their kids and the kids to be with the mother, especially the first six years of of the life. You know where you can seal them with with love and and put all the you know, right. that to, mm-hmm. to put the basic, yeah, it's a foundation of the human being that it will it's become a foundation. in the future. Yeah. So, uh, but in your country, you said that um, typically the women or people would have to leave their communities to go like work someplace else for a couple of weeks. Yes. W- what happened is if, if you're, re- if you live in, uh, in the rural areas, 
and you're a mother, you have to migrate to a, to a city to try to find a job because there's, there's nothing around. Uh, and in that case, uh, the mothers see their kids every 15 days because they work as maids. Generally, so the majority works uh, at housekeepers. And they and they stay there. So they stay uh, oh, in the city, okay. so they come back to see their children every fifteen days. And uh, it's a very hard reality, you know. If 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 you you come back and you see and you know that your kid probably is not being treated well, uh, you have to leave your kids at the care of your of the grandmothers or or neighbors or or a relative, you know sisters, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And is that because you can't actually bring the child with you to the city? You can't bring the child with no, you? No, because the, the if they work as mates, they live in at the, the house. houses. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. So imagine that you, you yeah. want to, to provide for your kid, but you, you're not going to be able to see them. And mm, that's in the best scenario. It's heartbreaking. And even though you know they are not treating well, you have to decide between staying with them or giving them food. Uh, it's a very complicated situation. Mm. And, and also a lot of families are like separate because uh, I don't know if you know how many people try to migrate to the States mm-hmm. every, every day. It's, it's shocking. 300 people try to migrate to the States every day. Wow. From El Salvador. Um, Yeah. Wow. My goodness. And so a huge percentage of that are women. Mm -hmm. And so families are like, in that scenario, you will not see your kids for years. years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a very common story here. I remember you had shared with us previously that, um, you know, it's the family unit starts typically much younger in El Salvador, um, that, that w- the girls are encouraged and maybe it's more in these rural communities, uh, to, you know, move on from school and start families. The thing is that the reality here at the, uh, if you, if you're in the rural communities, if, if you, you achieve fifth grade, mm-hmm. which is like the primary school, you already learn know how to learn and write, mm-hmm. and that's enough. That's everything you have to learn, <laughs> you know, okay. because you, you don't. And when you're like 12 years, then you, the boys go with the fathers to work the fields, the crops, and the girls go, uh, go to a house and help take care of the small kids or or with the house, keep with the house. Um, right, to help. House tax, help or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And the only aspiration that these girls have is to become a mother because they don't know any other future. They haven't seen any other opportunity. And so they, you cannot dream or aspire anything that you don't know, you know? So it's, and, and, and I have nothing against being a mother it's it's beautiful but if it's by choice if Mm -hmm. it's because you really have the opportunity to take the choice to be a mother not because this is the only the only destiny that I have you know 
So it, it's it's really fulfilling to see how the women that we work with, they are sending, all of them are sending their kids to school after fifth grade. And we have like three generations of, of young uh, people who are uh, graduating from high school. So they, they, they are really dreaming big now and they have seen that they can change and they have, have they can they can aspire to a better life where they live you know they don't have to migrate to another place to achieve it so just a side note and correct me if i'm i'm wrong uh education is not uh free um correct you have to pay for education in san salvador whether it's elementary school or is it provided by by the government too we we have public public schools that are provided for the government Okay, and they pay a little bit, you know. But some of these women, uh, before working with us, they did not have like money to pay for shoes or the uniform or or the bus that will take the kids to the to okay. the school. Okay. <coughs> so what? Um, um, who was, if you can, without like revealing who it was, like, could you give us the story of like the first female artist that you started to work with? Like, okay, this is what mm-hmm. I want to do. And, and what did you tell her like to get on board? And, mm-hmm. and like, you know, is, um, I would so be so interested to hear that, that, you know, su- that success story, if you will. Yes. Uh, it, uh, it was actually a group of six women. Okay. that. Garasusia, they live near the beach and they had like a, a tree of seats around them. And um, that's why my first collection was uh, Seeds of Joy and it was a line of necklaces made out of seeds. And uh, I remember that I, I, I had that idea of my in my mind that I was so lucky to be able to be a mother and stay with my kids and all at the same time be independent uh, because I was working as a consultant at that time and I wanted to give the wi- the women or other mothers the opportunity that I was having as a mother so I met this six this this group of six women and they asked me please help we want to work nice. and that's the only thing that I that I need the attitude that the, the that they w- that they are willing to really do something. Yeah, the desire to change. The desire, because you cannot if 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 you come to someone that is not willing to change or to ha- to take the opportunity, it doesn't matter how say, what what would you offer or your effort. If they don't want, they will not. Yeah. Appreciate it in a way. So I said, okay, I'm going to teach you how to work and. We're going to do something. I don't know what. <laughs> and I remember I just had like the money uh, to pay. I was terrified mm-hmm. because I'm not. I'm not a businesswoman. I, I'm an artist. An artist. I, I became a businesswoman. <laughs> right, now, right. now I am <laughs> because I I, I I I was terrified. I remembered that I just had the money to pay. I I rent a little space. Like really, it was super tiny. It was like three by seven meters. It was tiny, 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 and uh, I, I I was. Yeah, I, I had just the money to 
to to rent the space for three months and and I remember my husband telling me, okay, I was like, what would happen if after three months I could not pay the the rent? And she told, and he told me, okay, you close, <laughs> it's okay, you will, you will earn experience, and you. But you know, I, I'm super sure that when you do something like from an honest point and uh, that's coming from the heart. It has it develops in so beautiful thing, different ways, and uh, that's what happens. We had yeah, that, a I, similar discussion with um, Steve Smith on a on an mm. earlier podcast when he talked about when he how he approaches his his um, a- efforts was uh, from a position of wanting to do good and mm-hmm. um, with with kindness with an intention of kindness, and so it's it's interesting that you basically stated the same. Uh, precept and and uh, and motto and uh, mantra that he had, and both of you are being quite successful um, with your efforts. So mm-hmm. the the why the why I do the things I do is is the key, mm-hmm. and it has been like my uh, the the way that I'm doing everything. I'm it's it's in my life. Overall, I'm always like, why, why, why? Because I really have to feel. I, I don't. I don't think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it really has to resonate with me and to give me peace to really do the things that I do. And and this this project has fulfilled my heart in so many ways. You know, you were asking me how did I begin to work with these six women and. Uh, I just approach them and give them an opportunity of, of an opportunity, but they are the ones who who have the courage, who had the courage to take that opportunity and use it to really improve their lives. You know, because it's sounds- that's the story that's so fascinating to me because you know it's not you know it, it, around the world there's a, a female empowerment movement and that has been blossoming and growing and more and more women are financially independent and have good you know powerful jobs and and whatnot but you know it, i think this is a relatively new trend in el salvador if i'm if i'm you know uh, correct here if i'm not please please let me know but what i love is that you know, the partnership that you've created with these women has afforded them the opportunity to be kind of the leading economic uh, uh, core strength of the family household. It's like helped them buy their homes and um, make sure that their kids can go to school and all of those things, which is a very new dynamic. If I, is that, is that correct? It's correct. They yeah. are changing the, the social schemes, you know, that they, they are changing the mentality and something that's that's what really fulfills me more my heart because one very hard thing to achieve with 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 the group of women that are, that I begin to work with was to make them believe in themselves and mm. uh, once you achieve that anything is possible and uh, uh-huh. And, 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 and they're powerful. Well, right. Yeah. But, and, and that that thought about women believing in themselves, b- believing in themselves, is universal, 
right? It's not mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. you know, significant to El Salvador. I mean, Emily and I have this conversation on the podcast pretty much every other podcast about mm-hmm. believing in yourself. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think it's, um, I think globally, all of our listeners out there around the world, like what can we do in our own countries, in our own cities, in our own communities, in our own our own social circles to build each other up and to, you know, help each other and help ourselves believe in ourselves more. I think once, once that level like starts to rise around the mm-hmm. world, significant positive change will happen. I just, I laid it out there. Everybody I on agree. the podcast, yeah. I no, you're, it out there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> significant positive change. Um, so I, I super, I super agree with you. I have just to tell you something. It's 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 the key to anything, not just women. Every every human being, you know. Once you believe in yourself and you remember that you have everything you need inside of you, because mm-hmm. no one can empowers you. I, I, you can just help them remind that I don't empower women. I just help them remind themselves that they have the power in themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and it's it's amazing how you imagine how grateful I am to see that change in them, to see them develop in so many ways and to be now super confident of who they are and the example that they are giving the young women from the communities. It's the best and and the young men too right because they're seeing they're seeing women earn money as opposed to Mm -hmm. having that patriarchal idea that they Mm -hmm. have to be the ones that earn all the money right yes and and the old man's also (laughs) the old men because you know now i see them bringing them coffee in the afternoon or helping them cook dinner at night. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen here in the rural communities. We're super machisto, yeah. machista. Oh, yeah. Right. So it's, oh, it's, it's very interesting what's happening. <laughs> Changing the social dynamics there in El Salvador. That's mm-hmm. pretty phenomenal. Well, I would like to take a quick break and refresh our glass, even though it is morning wine. I want to make sure I have a, you know, a full glass. And we'll be right back. Well, hello, Michelle. Hey, Emily, how are you? I'm good. I just wanted to express a special thank you to our digital marketing team, Worry-Free Marketing. I know. I have been completely blown away with our results working with them. Absolutely. And you know, in this time where everything is so complicated, people are consuming information in different ways. You know, they've been really excellent at helping us kind of redraft a strategy as to the best way to stay in contact with all of our listeners. It feels good. I don't feel quite like we're out here alone by ourselves trying to navigate it. So it's awfully great that we have that resource locally. And I know they work all across the U.S., but it's nice that we have them here in St. Louis to help us out. Absolutely. So cheers to Worry-Free. Yeah. And let's get back with our show. And we're back with Fresh Classes. You are joining us with an amazing conversation with Lula Mena, artist, fashion designer, a female empowerment 
motivational change maker. <laughs> society <laughs> all change of maker. The, uh, yes, yeah. society change maker, all of it. So impacting um, the globe, if you will. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, I know that we have like lots more questions for you. I'm I'm interested in um, learning a little bit about what's next for Lula Mena. I know uh, Michelle, you had a really yeah, great I, question that's tied sure. into my heart. So let's yeah. go there. Um, so uh, Lula, when I was uh, looking at some of the history of El Salvador briefly, because there's so much right that's out there. And one comment that I, I came across was how important art has been to the country from the the beginning and how people used art as a, to express their dissatisfaction and then protests and things like that. And, you know, murals and, and things around. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just curious to know, do you still see that, um, that expression among your fellow countrymen now that things are not as, um, uh, you know, in the last 30 years, that hasn't been like during the civil war and how, how important, I know this is like several layers, so choose whichever aspect of this question you feel comfortable ask answering, but how important is art to the entire culture? And is it something mm -hmm. that you are from the, from a young child all the way up exposed to as, as, as being a, as a, a Salvadorian? Mm, not really, no, but okay. um, I was exposed to art because of my grandmother, because she was an artist. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, it's very hard to be exposed to art, like in a in a war country. Yeah. And <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so, th yes, th there is art, but it's like like street art or a different. Uh, like you were saying, it's like expressions that it's it's a lot of emotion going on, you know. Yeah. So you have to express them in different ways, uh, but. What happens right now is after the war, uh, we are still one of the, sadly, we are still one of the most violent countries in the world. Mm -hmm. We have serious gang problems uh, in any community that we work are gangs and they are two different gangs. And what happens is that they, they kill each other. So we, mm -hmm. we are the murder capital of the world. It's, it's very sad. And are you afraid uh, often, like just being out and about, are you ever worried about being kind of caught in that catch fire or a crossfire or mm, anything like that? No, not really, you know, because in a way you have to know how to go inside or when to go inside or with whom. Uh, mm -hmm. And in all the, the projects that I, that I've been doing, it's, I don't know, they know in a way that I'm doing something good for the, for the community. So this is nothing verbal, but you know that someone is going, is, has to go, you have to go inside with someone from the community so that they know that even though you're not from there, you're allowed to come inside. Mm. Um, and, you know, we, we, it was really beautiful in this particular uh, project that we had, like, is like near the beach. We, we teach women from two different, they were not, they do not belong to gangs, but their relatives do, so their sons yeah. or husbands or uh, two, two different gangs. And we were able to have them for a year working together in 
learning how to weave in, in, in the same place. And it was beautiful to see how, in a way, they, they after being there, they, be, they became friends. Yeah. After the year, we, could, we, we weren't able to have them in one place because we, we couldn't find like a neutral place from one group or the other group to be able to get inside the other community. And that's, that's sad. It's sad, but it's a reality. So uh, asking you the question about the, the art, you, you are able to see all the walls, for, so a lot of walls from the street paints, like with the gangs, signs and all that, but not really like art per se. But now we have different movements and um, and art um, uh, and cultural uh, projects that uh, in different peoples are developing. Like uh, there's a very beautiful um, uh, project here that are taking these street, these guys from the street and and giving them like the, the instruments or the tools or the spaces to express themselves. And they, they are these beautiful murals right yeah. now. You can do like a tour of next time that you come to El Salvador, we should do that. Nice. Uh, you can go and see and all the, the, uh, the street art that they are doing. And there are different movements and uh, there's a lot of, of, of things going on right now. Well, I think it's also uh, um, amazing when you're talking about the gangs and the, and the violence and, you know, so, so much um, of that kind of strife comes from a lack of economic opportunities. So do you taking Lula Mena, working with artisans and, and teaching women in rural communities, you're giving those economic opportunities and then slowly, right, the ripple goes out and other people have more opportunities. And I mean, I, I feel like you're, it's hard when you want to change, like, I know me, I like, I would want to change it all. I'd want like everything to be fixed right away, but you have to go slowly. And I would, I would be so curious to see, um, uh, El Salvador in the next 10 years, you know, like the fruits of your labor and the women that you've been working and then their children, you know, how, how much change, like will there be and and how cool it'd be for hopefully less gangs hopefully it'll just continue to ripple out mm. like that like when you drop a pebble in the water mm -hmm. and the circles just keep going further and further further out um i think you're the pebble you would, or one of the pebbles of change in um, mm -hmm. el salvador yeah um, i love that so, michelle so blessed you know michelle thank you for your words but i'm so blessed imagine that i could work in something I can work in something that I really, really enjoy and at the same time help other women mm -hmm. with this. So, and, and, and we already can see the changes. We have 10 years, we have 10 years with my project and now we can, we begin to work with six women. Now we're more than hundred between seasonal and eventual workers we the women have built their homes they are sending their kids to school they are taking the important decisions in their lives they are the ones in charge you know and that changed everything and uh, yeah like we were saying they are changing the, the the mentality they don't they don't aspire to migrate to states anymore they have seen that they can develop uh, improve their lives in in where they live 
and it, it's it's really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, of course, there are so many more women <laughs> that we can work with. <laughs> That it, it's a lot, um, and, and also and like I you were saying, I, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, sorry, like you oh, were saying, say, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> there's a delay going Go on. Go for it, Michelle. There's a delay. <laughs> we're wa- we're talking over each other because of the delay. I apologize. Um, well, I was going to say that you know, as our listeners, you know, they're sitting there thinking Lulamina stuff like that. And I watched one of the videos, and you know, you had your stuff at the Oscars. I mean, it's not. Oh, yeah. This yeah. isn't just a, a little. Um, this is not a mom and pop shop. No, a small little venture. No. Yeah, which leads me to my question, Lula. Like, what are some of the next things you foresee for you for your brand? What are some next goals that you have? We, of course, we always want uh, like. To work with more women, you know, and mm-hmm. and to to have like a sustainable work for them. Uh, next steps are like uh, trying to to have more international customers to really sell through, like improve their web page and sell more through our web page, and to be able to to teach more women different kinds of of traditional techniques. Uh, something that really um, uh, inspires me is to to keep those traditional techniques alive and to kind of like record or uh, expose these uh, old weavers or basket makers or all all the master weavers uh, to to sh- to show also the the Salvadorian people that the they are artisans and they they are artists and and it's something that we have to value and um to rescue these traditional techniques is very important for me and also to keep working and to keep like uh, in a way giving them hope or more women hope and my my ultimate goal is that they all the women that we work with are going to be able or or still or get to be able to to take any decisions in life not by fear you know mm. that that yeah that you can take the decisions not based on fear mm-hmm. that's like really my like my heart uh, wish mm-hmm. and in a in a way I want to also begin to work to to inspire like the young generation of of girls, you know, like not just with mothers, but to begin with, with the teens and to, to, I don't know how, but in, in a way to be able to inspire them, to ask themselves to, to why, why are they doing what they are doing or why are they choosing what they are choosing? Not just the people from the communities, but also like the, the girls from private schools or Mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, everyone like, okay, find your purpose. You know, it's like not just go there and study and earn money, which is okay. And I've learned that <laughs> I became a businesswoman. <laughs> <laughs> to be sustainable, we all have to earn. Right. But, uh, but, you know, it's like, find, find what, find your purpose. I so say, why, why do you do what you do? Or 
what moves you inside. Well, I also believe if you do if you do what you love, the money will come. And to be able yes. to um, you know work with the younger generation of, uh, of, of women and men and and say yes, it is okay to find to to aspire to have money. But um, I think what you're trying to say is you know maybe earn your money in in a purposeful way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, not everybody can be a hedge fund uh, billionaire and not everybody can can weave cloth. Right. And somewhere is your spot. And if you find mm-hmm. it, you know, and you're doing what you love. I mean, I think when we're doing this podcast and we're meeting people and we're talking to them and so many times they're like, we are so blessed. Women that we've talked to are, are and some of the men are they're excited because they get to do what they're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we've had a conversation with somebody who is like, I just hate my job <laughs> or I, I, hate, <laughs> right. I hate my, I hate my work. You know, I, I mean, we know they're out there, but we haven't had their conversations mm-hmm. with them. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll be inspired by our podcast and the conversations mm-hmm. to, to follow their, follow passion, their heart, follow their heart, yeah. identify what's in their heart, you know, um, mm-hmm. express themselves. That's the key identify because so the so a lot of people don't know because we don't normally ask ourselves that question no we don't well, you know yeah uh-huh we we don't stop and say so we rarely stop and see inside of us we're always thinking that the inspiration or whatever comes will come from outside mm-hmm. and and there's that's not the place where you have to look Right. And that's why you don't value what's inside of you. And that's why you don't believe in yourself because everything comes from outside. But there, what you have to real, what we should be doing is going inside and looking inside of us and finding there the good and the best, the bad stuff. Yeah. And after that comes with something that's really from us, that resonates with us. Yep. There's n- no way of going wrong if we do that way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I just great. can't say it any better. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I can't even, I mean, in my own native tongue of English, I can't say it better than, than uh, Lula said it as a second language. So, yeah. Exactly. Amazing. It's impressive. Yeah. Um, so, well, Lula, I mean, I uh, thank you so much for enjoying I, I or you know for joining us today. It's really been phenomenal and um you know, I, big fans over here and uh I, yeah, I'm just honored. I'm kind of awestruck right now. So <laughs> <laughs> Emily's a little speechless and a little tripping. I know. <laughs> we never heard tongues as we as we do. And and we've been having a little wine early in the morning. So That's right. My <laughs> system's just not used it. to this. Um, but yeah. yeah, thanks so much, Lula, for joining us today, for taking the time out of your busy schedule um, to have this interesting, um, enlightening, mm-hmm. empowering conversation. Um, inspiring our inspiring. listeners and myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and not only is um, you know El Salvador fortunate to have you as a, a proud representative and, and country person, um, the globe is the universe is, mm-hmm. is fortunate that you are doing what you're doing. And we, oh we you. are just so, so grateful and thankful. And let's, um, let's, you know, reconnect again and have, uh, you know, a catch up conversation or updated conversation in the future. Cause, uh, I know Emily will, you know, want to go back to mm-hmm. El Salvador, you know, maybe I'll tag along. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so it, as it sits, we're tentatively uh, marked for September. So, you know, you know uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch. Given, yes. you know, fingers yes. crossed that Corona will go away. Um, we- it- <laughs> <laughs> yes. With love. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so ha- enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Thank you so thank much you. for coming on thank the show. You. And, um, We'll, uh, we'll drink with you again. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much. Cheers. <laughs>